Welcome back to the pod. My name's Kenny. I'm here with Matt. What's going on, brother? What's up, guys? Kumastaka. That's uh, how are you in Tagalog? What do you say? How do you say Tagalog? It? Tagalog. Sorry, Filipino people. My apologies, but that's how you say how are you. So how are you guys? Um, I got something before for you before we get started oh, okay. on the pod. All right. I think you're going to like this. I hope you're going to like All this. All right. Where is she? No. Hype button? Oh, there's a battery in there. There's a button on the bottom. When you open it, obviously. When I open it, obviously. You got to turn it on from the bottom. Oh, switch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. This saves everything. It's a game changer, dude. We spare no expense here at the BJJ Balance Podcast. <laughs> What's up, guys? Uh, it's been a long time. Again, thank you for all the shares, all the likes, everything so far. Um, thanks for all the DMs and stuff like that. We really, really appreciate it. Um, how's your uh, training been this last week? Um, well, officially, New happy Year's New Year. So, okay. Yeah. We pre-recorded those New Year's off. Yeah. Because, you know, guess what? Hey, we got kids and families. So we took the holidays off. We're actually back now. We are back back. And uh, it's been a, been a couple weeks. So, yeah. Um, Training-wise for you? Over the holidays, uh, Christmas, I did some, uh, I, went, I did an open mat at the gym. It was just me and uh, Zach Medina, who just basically wrecked me for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't look at you can't when you end up just getting a one on one training with young dudes. Yeah, these dudes are just waking up with hard dicks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that kid's they, just they don't get tired. Yeah. I, like that ain't that ain't us no more, dude. No. We don't. We gotta really think about things before things get going. Yeah, these guys just wake up ready, dude. So, so I show up there, right? I'm like, I I posted like, hey, I'm gonna open the gym up at six if anybody wants to roll through, and it's like I got there at like five thirty. 520 ish, open up the gym, changed, got stretched and whatnot. Nobody's getting there. And I'm like, fuck, if no one's here by like 630, I'm just going to cut out. Fucking 559 rolls up. Here comes Zach just walking. I'm like, okay, well, we've got Zach here. I wonder who else is going to show up. Nobody. Just me and Zach for an hour. Did a round with Zach. Then he's like, okay, let's drill for three minutes each, just nonstop drill. So then we drilled a, a move each, three minutes. Then we did another five minute round. Then we drilled another move for three minutes apiece. Then we did another round. I mean, it was just that. For an hour straight. No water breaks. With, with uh, I, yeah, the one minute in between each one of those, I'm dying over there trying to chug water, but also <laughs> not choke on it because I can't uh. fucking breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Zach is an absolute monster. Well, I hurt my good knee. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Okay. So look, like my right knee is a bitch. Okay. He's always hurt. He's been hurt for a decade. My left leg, which was my crappy like but he's now my best buddy he's my my go-to he's my guy like this is my baby this is the one i rely on this is my this is my whole game in jiu-jitsu is your left leg <laughs> okay so i'm teaching a class and i'm teaching stand-up break guard and i just step wrong when the guy's got full guard closed just demonstration i step and then i pat the thing and as i'm walking off and then i got one two three we all clap we all go to the move as I'm walking, I'm like, dude, what the fuck happened to my leg right there, dude? Oh, like, shit. I must have stepped wrong or something and, like, tweaked something. This, and, you know, normally, like I said, if it was my right leg, I'd be like, eh, whatever, dude. You do this to me all the time. Yeah. We'll get through it. But since it's my good leg. Yeah, but you're overcompensating with that right. leg. Since it's my good leg, I'm all freaked out. Like, hey, dude. <laughs> not you, dude. <laughs> you were the chosen one, dude. Like, I, hey. 
<laughs> so yeah, I've been compromised with my role. So I'll be like trying to roll with some guys, and I'll be like, God, dude, my leg just ain't getting it done. So yeah, I kind of tweaked my leg a little bit, but I mean, it actually feels a lot better now. So I just think it was like one of those things where you're like a week or two just to chill. Yeah, but like uh, I feel, I feel like I'm gonna hit it full on this week. So I got a little back thing going on. Um, I trained last week, uh, three days. I went Monday. Or no, I went Tuesday. I was fine. I went Wednesday, started to feel it a little bit. And then Thursday, like, you know, when you're doing the stretches and you do like the inversion roll back on your shoulders, knees over your legs over your head and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Dude, the second I tried to do that, this pain like shot like right next to my shoulder blade. What's the warm up you like? What's the one warm up you hate? That one. The all over legs over your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah. Hey, I hate that one too. I hate that. But now like I... It, like, it's definitely a compromise. Like, you mean, like, it it hurts if I turn, like, a certain way? Like, I'm just sitting here, I'm fine. But if I, like, turn a certain way, it's, like, a sharp shooting pain right in that area. I mean, the front rolls and the back rolls. I still, to this day, 15 years in almost, back rolls, I'm dizzy. Same. I'm Same. just, I'm like, Feel what, drunk. what the fuck? All right. Yeah. Where am I? All right. Yeah, front rolls, I'm fine. Back rolls just fucks my equilibrium. Yeah, I'm just wrecked on back rolls. I get over it pretty quick, though. Like, I'll try to jog back to the line by the time I'm there within a few seconds. I'm recalibrated mm -hmm. um i've had some uh you know i did a uh a minute reel about some girl saying you know what he's doing right now you know why he's not texting you and it was just me of like a little clip of some of my rounds of me and jordan in class i did not expect <laughs> i did not expect i just want to apologize to jordan because i did not expect that much heat okay i did not expect it to go like i was like oh when I made it, I was like, oh, this is 15,000. 15,000. Like the late kickover video. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 15K easy. Like yeah. the 15,000. Like yeah. that, it will be good. Like it'll just go away. Give me like Feed the algorithm. five hours. It's gone. Yeah. And I did my post and I'm good. Because the key to Instagram is post every day. You post every day, the algorithm will find you and send you to the moon. That's my. So, but, so I was like, oh, this 15K. Well, we're over, <laughs> we're over 104,000 views on that reel. And uh, a lot of comments, a lot of comments, a lot of people like, oh, he's beating up on a white belt. And I'm like, hey, man, this guy, I'm like, I was not expecting, oh, good. man, this sounds like someone's murdering somebody. <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, hey, I was just, uh, well, sorry about that, Jordan. I apologize. I, I did, okay, the group, I did. So if I ever DM you or tag you in something like that, like, cause I don't like this, like recording myself rolling with somebody yeah. and then posting it. So I'll be like, Hey man, I DM Are you cool? I was like, Hey, I made this little reel. I sent it to him first. I was like, I was thinking about posting it. If you don't like it, it ain't a big deal because it's not that big a deal. Right. So he's like, go ahead. As long as you tag me. <laughs> well, I hope you turn your notifications off, Jordan. <laughs> cause that thing went to the moon. And I thank you guys for sharing it and re-liking it. But I did not expect that. Sometimes the reel you make. That you don't think is gonna be great, yeah, goes nuclear, and the one you're like, oh, dude, I'm sitting on this one, right? This one is gonna be good, like that one of the girl, the acai bowl. I yeah. was like, I've been sitting on this for six months. I know it's gonna go crazy. Uh, just afraid to like post it. It didn't go as crazy as I thought it was. Gonna no, go. no, there was there also wasn't a lot of hate on there. No, like, no, a couple dudes. The girl from Playboy. Yeah, she was all pissed. <laughs> Remember, she's like, she got in a fight in the comments with some guys. I was like, all right, whatever, whatever, girl. You freaking feed the algorithm. Keep comment. Keep yelling at these boys. Um, so what are we gonna get in today? Can you be taught? Now, 
there's a thing about like in jujitsu is like, can, can you take instruction? Can you take instructive criticism? Okay. So that, that's kind of what I'll talk about. Some people can't, some people are human joysticks. Yeah. I, th- I think you've got to put yourself in a mindset to be taught to. I, I've mentioned a book that I've read in the past. Um, when I was a white belt still, and it helped with that, but it was the, um, five rules to being a white belt. And it's all about putting your, like, it, like recalibrating your, your mind to, to be able to absorb the information that you're learning or like how to break down jujitsu in like a palatable form where you're not so focused on like what the names of things are, but like what the mechanics of it is. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it, it's all about framing and, you know, weight distribution and, you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? So if you can, break down certain techniques to like or i'm stuck in a position right now can i grab an arm can i grab the the leg on the same side like i've got a chance to sweep here i don't know what kind of sweep it's called but right you know, just stuff like that so do you think it's easier to be taught younger age than it's older since the fact that like since you're older you've already pretty if you're like in your 30s and you're getting jiu-jitsu you pretty much have your career hopefully you have you're a you're a black belt at something in real life, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it's not on the mats, but you're a doctor, a lawyer, foreman, whatever. You got whatever your skill set is. Your skill set is like black belt level, yeah. And you've already learned from somebody, trained it, honed your craft, become good at something. You think it's like harder being an older athlete to, you know, say I'm not. I'm learning again. I think it can be for. A lot of people, I think that, um, that some people, when you're, when you're teaching children, um, though it can be difficult cause you're trying to get a child to understand essentially a complex art, but they don't have bad habits developed yet, mm. especially when it comes to like learning, you know, some people, you know, like, um, n- nobody in particular, but like, I, I know people that like, nobody know. in particular, but we know people. Yeah. <laughs> But they, you know, they don't, they don't like being, you know, talked to a certain way or whatever. So like, you know, maybe if uh, a coach was trying to correct something and they didn't like word it a certain way or worded it a way that offended this person that they're just going to shut off completely, not listen to anything and be like, he can't teach me anything. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, adults can, can be, um, tainted in that aspect. And I, I think, I think you're correct on that. I think especially being a younger person, you're so used to learning in school right. and you're a student. Right. So you can go to student to be a student a lot easier. Right. Then like when you've the teacher has something or the master then coming down that that's trouble. Now I think cops are probably the best at this because they need grappling or jujitsu for their career. Right. Right. So I think they come in with the mindset like this is helping my job. So right. like, I really don't think. And, um, and them being better at their job, it, it can be a factor in uh, whether they come home that day right and i think cops take l's and losses in the gym better than anybody else because okay. they they're not it's not important to them winning and losing is not important to them right in the gym right getting better for their job they're yeah. using it for a job for something else they yeah. actually have you're actually going to probably use your jujitsu right the way it was intended <laughs> when you know me, I'm not. I'm just ding dong ditching for cash. Right. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna <laughs> really use my jujitsu. So I think cops handle can be taught probably the best out of any profession. Yeah. Um, because you know, ego is a thing, and letting go of your ego is a thing. Yeah. So some people have a tremendous like, and that's why I think we went back to maybe last 
couple weeks ago when we talked in the New Year's episode, competing just once in your life. And I just heard on the Joe Rogan podcast with Daniel Cormier, you know, he thinks everybody should get in one fight in their life. Yeah. Whether it's jujitsu, wrestling, striking, whatever. So, you know, like, this is real. This fight is real life. Right. Now what we're doing in the gym is not. Now what we're doing in the gym is we're learning. I think um, not competing and just training too can also, and, and obviously not getting into a fight either, can instill a false sense of confidence. You know, maybe, right. maybe, you're, maybe you're really good. Maybe, maybe you're really good at, for your belt at, you know, at your uh, time in the game comparison to the other people in your gym. And you go to another gym and all of a sudden you realize maybe I'm not as good as I thought I am. You go to a competition and now it's because when you, even when you go to an open mat, even though you're, you're, you're going up against people that you don't necessarily train with all the time, it's still an open mat. It's not a competition. No, there's such a, we've talked about this before. There's such a different pace when it comes to competition and dudes are like when they're grabbing collars and they're trying to snap you down, like they're trying to bring your face into the, yeah, mat, they you don't care I mean? about it. They don't know you. Right. Right. There's so no feelings. Yeah. If I hurt you, oh, well, you know, then cool. Then I, I win. So right. you're in the bullpen, some dude's talking Portuguese. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Shit is serious. Yeah. Like, yeah. so, but, uh, you know, I, I think that like, if you do compete once or you do get an, you can, it opens up so much in your game because you're just like, Hey, I'm now in the gym. I already, that was insane last Saturday when I was competing. Right. Now that's that this is this. Right. Cause guys who don't and they train, they're always in their gym you know, they're freaking, everything is for gold medal. Right. And you can't take, and I think sometimes getting a higher belt is that way. Sometimes getting a black belt or a brown belt or one of the upper belts, purple belt, you struggle because you don't want to lose because you want to represent your belt. Yeah. And sometimes you got to like put yourself in bad spots as higher belts so you can get better at the stuff you suck at and take an L. Yeah. Or whatever. There'll be a lot of times I'm rolling with guys in class and I'll, you know, literally just turtle up and let them take my back or like try to take my back. And then I try to get out of them that way. Or I'll just kind of like cower down and like let them jump on me. And you know what I mean? Right. Because I want to improve by me just burying somebody. I'm going to, you can get stagnant at black belt. Just oh, yeah. by, just by, especially as a bigger guy, you can get stagnant as a black belt because I can just be like, nah, dude, I know how to control people. Here's 250, wear it. Five minutes is up. Who's next? Here's right. 250, wear it. Then what happens? When I go against someone who's 250 and more skill than me and puts me in a bad spot, right. have I been there? Am I ready for it? Do I know what to do when I get there? So I have to, even as an upper belt, you have to let your ego go because, you know, when it comes down to it, it's just a color on a belt. Yeah, I think it's, you know, how you approach things too, um, in, in, in relation to what you were just talking about. So like if you, if you're just smashing people all the time and you're never putting yourself in a compromising, compromising situation intentionally, you're never going to improve that, you know, that area where you lack. Mm. I think that's where, where competition is good too, is it, it, it pokes holes in your game and lets you very quickly know where like, oh, I, I suck at this technique. There's spots in my game where I'm like, dude. Whether it's because my leg is jacked right. or whatever, like I am not good. Yeah. Like if you, butterfly guard, okay. If I don't have a lasso or something like that for my butterfly sweeps, a no gi butterfly, I have no power in my right leg. So my leg, if my legs are open, I'm passable. I have to have connections because I know. can't bend. 
I cannot bend this leg. So like I'm literally past to Matt's right, past to my, yeah, you this side, yeah, past past to your left, yeah, the way you want it. That's yeah. where you should go, and that's everybody passes to the left, and that's my compromised leg. So like I can't, right. like I can't get through it. So I need to get better at it though. There's no excuse. I'm on the mat. I got to get better. I got to train. I got to be the best uh, version of myself. So when I do do nogi, I try to put myself in, you know, the butterfly. But when I first got my black belt and I was doing that, I would be like, oh, I can't let, I, I just got a black belt. Poncho's here. I don't want him to see me losing to these guys when they're doing situationals, three men down, you know, the rest are standing up, coming, switching out on live situational sparring. I don't want to see him pass up my shit. So right. I'd be like, you know, all I can to like not lose, but you know, I need to put myself in those spots because that's what the training room is for. You'd mentioned in the past, um, this is slightly unrelated to what we're talking about, but in regards to training, um, you'd mentioned in the past that you feel that, uh, live roles is where you learn the best. Now, is that specifically just starting from standing or are you also talking about like the live drilling, the, you know, the techniques like, okay, you're going to start in this position. You're going to start in this position, bottom guy, sweeper, submit, top guy, pass. I think that live situational sparring where, cause that'll put you in a spot that maybe you're not comfortable with okay. just live roles. You're going to do what you'd love to do. Yeah. 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 Right? Default. Right. Unless you have your ego checked enough where you can put yourself in those bad spots. So I think when a professor gives you the live situational sparring and for forces you to get into the bad situations, then, you know, you'll get more improvement out of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I love live situational sparring. Uh, it's one of my, was one of my favorite things to do. I love to see if like, well, I'm going to see if I, I can send everybody to the wall. If I can see the same guy coming back again, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I just went to the wall. How many times can I go through? Right. That's a fun game. I feel like it's a form of drilling though. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're going with an objective to, to do the same move over and over again. You just have... Instead of your partner allowing you to do it, you have resistance. Right. So how how, how practical is this move, mm -hmm. you know, when I try to apply it? And everybody's cool, man. We're all teammates. We're all freaking battle tested. We've all been together. We've all trained hard with each other. We've all, um, you know, got injured and helped each other and checked on each other. And, you know, it's a real brotherhood from the jujitsu community. Um, so, you know, and there's some guys who don't like Nogi. And there's some guys who don't like gi. Yeah. Um, usually gi guys like no gi. They just prefer gi. Yeah. The guys that are really no gi, they hate the gi. Which is ironic because I know a lot of guys that are no gi that hate the gi that have never put a gi on. So I'm like, how do you hate it? You've never even tried it. Right. I will admit that it. I tend to be a little better in no gi, but I like gi more. Okay. Like I like the thing that I suck more at. But nobody shits on jujitsu. Right. You know, you you may hate like one thing or the other and yeah. the other or not, but you're not shitting on the sport. Right. You know what I mean? And like even Gordon Ryan. So Gordon Ryan, love no gi. He think, he's even said, gi jujitsu is dying. Yeah. In so many years, it won't be around, which is, it's bullshit because gi jujitsu is as popular as it's ever going to be. Right. Look at the tournaments. There's so many. It's right. like flying. Is gi jujitsu maybe the best entertainment for TV? If you don't watch jujitsu, then right. no, it, you, you, it's jujitsu can be very boring. If, if I watch guys play chess, right. I don't even know how to play chess. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to play chess. Okay. Breaking news. All right. I never learned. I don't even know how to play checkers. I don't, I don't know how to do any of that shit. 
So when I'm watching people play, I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Like, right. like it just makes no sense for me. Yeah. Right. Just like when a novice is watching MMA or UFC, they're like, just stand up. Just right. laying on these humping and shit. They don't understand what we know as a just community. I've got a buddy that hates GSP. All he does is hold people down and just, you know. I'm you know there. how hard it is to yeah. hold someone down? Yeah. I'm like, I don't think you understand the difficulty of what he's doing. Kenny's buddy. Do you know yeah. how hard it is to hold people down? Do you know how hard it is to take somebody down whenever the fuck you want? Right. It's so hard. Right. It's so hard. And this motherfucking Canadian would Superman punch and take you down yeah. over and over and over and From over. From not a wrestling background. No. Yeah. And that's why he's my GOAT. But do I think he is the GOAT? No. But he's my GOAT. Um, so I get really defensive over GSP. So back on topic. Gordon Ryan, he doesn't like, he thinks he doesn't like Jiu-Jitsu, but he does not denounce Jiu-Jitsu. Right. All right. Jiu-Jitsu is still... Um, the sport he loves, the sport that pays him, the sport that makes his money. UFC middleweight champion, Sean Strickland the other day, I don't know if you saw the clip, he just threw his belt in the trash and said, uh, work 10 years for this piece of fabric for nothing. Now, is jujitsu a piece of fabric? Just a second ago, I said, it's just a belt with color on it. Right. I did say that. But behind that is, it's more than that. It's, what you can't get to black belt without your teammates. Right. You know, now is he a nomad? Does he jump gym to gym? Most MMA fighters do. They go find their smoke. He's a notorious sparring person. He spars anybody, anytime, any place. He's mastered his craft. No one's worked harder than Sean. No one's done anything. Uh, no one's, you know, I've rolled with him a few times. He's fucked me up. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's legit as it comes. He's a legit black belt. There's no doubt about it. The guy is a beast and he's the world champion in the show for it. Right. You know what I mean? But I don't think that was the right thing to do, to throw the, the belt in the trash can. And the reason being is like, look it, we got a black belt from the same guy. My professor is the guy who gave him his black belt. You throw something in the trash to a guy like, and now there's pictures of, you know, my professor and Sean being like, Sean Strickland throws his belt in the trash. It's like, mm. now do I think, does he think, did he think before he acted on that? Was he just thinking about going viral? From a guy who likes to go viral, myself, that's probably what he was doing. Yeah. He was probably just thinking, oh, this will be fun. I need to throw something out there for the people. He didn't think about the repercussions coming back to the person that handed him that black belt. Right, but like the people, especially, especially people who jujitsu is their life. Jiu-Jitsu saved their life. Jiu-Jitsu got them out of the situation they were and they you know and right you can't just like spit on it like that especially when that guy's opened the gym for you he's let you come in and spar when no one's around use it i thought it was in bad taste yeah um, because you know when i got my black belt from um poncho it was the best accomplishment i've ever got athletically so when I saw him do that, I was like, man, like, how viral do you need to be, my man? You're the champion of the world. Right. You've got a sick-ass video of you freaking pulling a gun on somebody trying to break in your neighborhood. He's you been just, more in MMA news than anybody in the You're last fighting DePlessis yeah. in the stands. Like, yeah. do I think it was just Sean being Sean, just, you know, you know, just reacting in the moment? Yes, 100%. But, and I think that's what makes him a great fighter because he just... 
reacts. But do I think it was in bad taste and a, a little bit disrespectful to the guy who gave you the belt? hundred percent. Right. So I just kind of want And like get- you mentioned that all the, the people that helped him get there, you know what I mean? Like Sean, Sean is the man because Sean works hard, but if Sean had no training partners, Sean had no people on the mat with him. He couldn't be that. And I think, you know, Sean trains jujitsu. So, yeah. so he trains jujitsu all the time. I, I, I don't, he said jujitsu doesn't work. Well, I mean, it does. Cause why do you do it? No, right. he has it. He loves to stand. He's a great stand up fighter. He's a great fighter. I think he's going to actually beat the here. I think so too. Cause I think the cardio is whack. I think it sucks. I think Sean's going to, you know, avoid the, the, the barrage of the power of the guy. And then you get in the championship rounds. You ain't getting a fuck with Sean. Sean's going to put hands on you and that's right. it. So, um, I just thought like that was in bad taste. Um, now I haven't talked to Poncho about it since, but you know, as one of Poncho's black belts, I just thought it'd be for me to come out there and say, Hey, you know, I didn't think, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do, man. Like you're the champion of the world. Like you, you, everything, you know, you've earned everything you have, uh, you know, horrible, you know, upbringing. We're all figuring that out. And like, you're, you're like, you're going to make mistakes. And I'm sure there's going to be things on this podcast that I say that I'm not going to, you know, I'm like, damn, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Right. You know, that happens to everybody. But I just thought that was in bad taste. And, you know, I had people, you know, sending me that all the time. I had like, people sending me the clip or the, the post of Sean Strickland doing that. So I thought I'd talk about it a little bit and say, you know, as much as, you know, how great of a fighter he is. And I lo- I'm really excited to see the redemption story. I want to see Sean Strickland in 10 years because I think his take on a lot of things is going to change. Yeah. He's already starting to change in front of our eyes from the Joe Rogan podcast to the Theo Vaughn podcast. You're starting to see like yeah. he was all jokey and like, yeah, I'm going to do this and that, you know, you know, yeah. you know, and then now and he's self-loathing. like, and here's then, the thing guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, and now he, he kind of like opened up that third wall a little bit on the Theo Vaughn podcast. Yeah. And then I would like to see in 10 years how he evolves as, you know, as a man. Right. And an ex champion. Cause it, you know, if he has a championship belt in 10 years then Holy shit. But like, I would like to see what it's going to be like here soon for him. But you know, I just thought on that situation on, you know, I'm not saying it's biting the hand that feeds you because this guy's feeding himself because of his hard work, but you know, you're the jujitsu community helps you out, especially in our hometown. You help him out. You try right. to give him the best work we can. Right. And like, whether we're up to your level or not, I didn't think that was very cool. Let's get into some questions. Uh, Dommy asks, does a lightweight need to roll with a heavyweight during comp class in order to prep for comp? Depends on how good you are. If you're a lightweight, but you're a bad motherfucker, and you're just wrecking dudes, you know, you should probably roll with a heavyweight. Yeah. Depends, like, you know. And it depends on how close to the competition it is. Yeah, I think you if you're I think if you're pushing for comp, you should look for the smoke wherever you can get it. Now, if you've got if you're a blue belt and you're you're going to be competing against blue belt and you've got a stacked gym that has tons of blue belt your weight, then you've got some good work there. But if there's no blue belts that are giving you any smoke that are your weight and then maybe you need to go up a belt, right? But maybe there's no blue belts or maybe there's no purple belts your weight, like maybe you just need to go with a heavier guy. You know, maybe there is there a heavier blue belt. I guess it depends on your weight. Like if you're, there isn't a lot of guys bigger than me size wise 
in my gym. It comes to long location, yeah. how much smoke you got. Right. Right. Like you said, right. it comes to, you know, how close the tournament is. I don't want to get hurt if I'm like three days out or a week right. out. Maybe I should, you know, take it back a little bit. Um, it also comes to like, let's flip that, Dami. I'm assuming you're a smaller guy. I'm assuming. I don't know if he is. He could be the bigger guy. But it, either way, does the bigger guy in comp class only have to roll big guys? Because right. that's not cool. Because there's not a lot of us. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not. <laughs> there's some offense there. <laughs> so, like, so it's like, what the fuck are we supposed to do? Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. we're in comp class. We got a competition coming too because it's comp class. Right. We got comp coming up too. So, when am I, how am I supposed to get my work? If you're not going to be there, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry your mom liked this or your dad liked the spinner. Right? right. I said that before. But we're here right. and we're trying to roll. So, this is comp class. So, all smoke comes. Yeah. I think, I think like if you want to like, like I said, if you're close to your competition date, then maybe take it easy. You don't want to get hurt. But in comp class, get your work in. I don't, I think as far as the way he's wording it, I don't think they should be forced to, but I think it would be beneficial. Comp class is a team thing. Yeah. And it's like, you're there to get your boys ready right. and you're getting yourself ready. Yeah. But by you getting them ready, you're getting, you know, so I think definitely I just answered it. Yes, you should have to roll with the heavyweights if that's who you're paired up with. Aaron 18. Oh, you can't go to Epstein's Island. Go ahead. Too <laughs> old. Aaron 18. <laughs> Would you continue to cross train uh, at other gyms even though your professor doesn't like it? I wouldn't. I, th I think I, I actually reached out after this question was sent to get some clarification. And I think what your professor might be saying is she basically said like, Hey, the, um, the professor stating like, well, you know, Hey, they're the, the professor at, you know, Jim X over here that you're cross training at. They're not, they're not a black belt. They're a brown belt or, um, you know, they're not, um, comp tested or, you know, something like that. So maybe the technique that he sees you bring back into the gym isn't to the level that he thinks it should be. So he's afraid that you're learning subpar technique outside of his, his tutelage. And he's trying to uh, prevent you from creating bad habits. I think it's definitely more hurtful if you're training in another gym in the same city. When you, why are you training there? Where you could just be training at mine. Right. Now, if you're on vacation and you're like not in town, right. Training in a gym. Fine. Like that's nothing there, but like by you going to another Academy that's in the same vicinity, unless only way I could think that the professor would be cool with it is if he's like, hey, look, you're the biggest shark in this gym. So, like, yeah, you like I get it. Like, go to open mats, get your smoke because, like, you know, we're in trouble. But honestly, that's where the professor should be like, I'll be your smoke. Right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I, w I went um, during the, the uh, holiday break. I went to another, a friend's gym, um, but my gym was closed. I didn't have the option to go to my gym. Right. Murrieta was closed. So it's like I went where. But like I said, we already talked about that. The holidays, you just got to get it, right? Because it's not always there. And there's open run. Like there's open gyms. just like in basketball where you can go to different parks, have different <laughs> pickup games, different times. So that's right. basically what open mat is. So, but like, yeah, I mean, open mat is open mat. But like training in a class at another yeah. gym, there's two different things. If you're going like, oh, I took a class. I took the 6 p.m. class at so-and-so. It's like, hey, man, like, what's up? Like. The only reason I would do that in the same city as my current gym is if I was not happy with my current professor and I was like, hey, man, like, 
what's going on. Maybe you feel like you got shunned on a belt or maybe, you know, like yeah, you're like, just like, dude, he got promoted. X got promoted. And why not me? I beat that person all the time. Like then, you know, so usually that's why you would do it. So other than that, I know if Poncho told me, Hey Matt, I don't want you going to that gym because you know, that's like the town rivalry. Right. I don't want you there. Like in their photos, it makes me look bad. Yeah. And I'm like, I get it. And I wouldn't do it. I can see some people, and I'm I'm not necessarily agreeing, but I'm playing the devil's advocate here. I can mm-hmm. see some people saying like, "Oh, well, that's your professor having like a uh, an ego or a you know hurt feelings over something." Not necessarily, because he's running a business, right? And especially if you're a higher color belt. Now, if you're a white belt, like I've said, you this is your chance to figure out what school you want to be at, right, right? So, like, even if you've signed a waiver, you have not received any belt from this guy. Right. So, this is your chance to. Run around, figure out what gym is best for you. Say, oh, I signed up for three months there. I didn't like it. I went four months, whatever. Like, yeah. you're everybody fit. learns differently. Like, this Go professor fits fit. my style. Yeah. This guy doesn't. I right. like the guys here. I don't like th- th- your white belt. Right. But like, once you get a belt from a guy, like, y- and you accept it. Right. <laughs> you're like, hey, man. Like, the guys like say, hey, here you're one of my guys now. So I think blue belt is like, hey, man, I'm one of his now. So that's who I should train with. And you know, by Going somewhere else training, I think it's like, look at, you're in the pictures or you're in, the professor goes live, 6 a.m., 6 p.m. class, going strong. And then right. there's Aaron 18 rolling around with I, some, and he's like, what? Because I, these professors follow each other. Right. I think what's cool about going to a larger school that's like um, like a check mat or something like that, or, you know, 10th planet or whatever, like you've, you've got these uh, academies that, that have affiliate schools and whatnot. So you have the opportunity. And I think it's less less weird like okay like let's say hypothetically let's say i were to go to buena park and uh train with hobino yeah like i don't think poncho or jason would be mad at that because it's uh, yeah yeah that's just an extension of our lineage you go in there like hey i'm one of poncho students but oh come on in family boom 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 roll 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 but like if you were like i'm gonna go to you know carlson gray's a year and just do their 4 a.m class that's a whole nother story. Yeah. It's like, oh man, like you, and you didn't clear it. Like you didn't be like, Hey, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I wouldn't do it personally. Right. I think in hindsight, I, I did move from a, from a Nogi gym uh, to a checkmat gym earlier on in my uh, jujitsu journey. And I remember having a conversation with the, the professor at the original gym about that. And he's somebody that I'm still friends with to this day. And he, he just, cared that I was still continuing with jujitsu. And that I think that's sense. what all professors right. want to, but some of these also pro- I was going to something that, that he, the main reason I did it was because I, I was transferring locations of where I was working and it was closer and worked better for my schedule. Mm-hmm. It was like where I li- I moved to like same, I moved from Wildemar to Temecula. So I'm myriad is not on my way home and I was working in Temecula. So it's like Hendos is, two miles from my house. My work's two miles from my house. Like it was like a triangle, like real close. So driving all the way to Marietta after work to drive back to Temecula, like it just where I could go to this other school. And then I knew Jason there and whatnot. I'm like, I know it's quality instruction. I know some people there. Like it just, it works best for me. Plus now I get to learn the gi. And that was something I was interested I in. Did, I just feel like it's uh, a smaller school. Your professor might be a little more upset yeah. because you know, your money is important to him. Yeah. Like, you learning and friendship is important, but also like he's got to keep his lights on yeah, and stuff. And like, you know, he was counting on your one fifty, man. And I, I could see where maybe, um, 
that might. Uh, and so when you go somewhere else, he's like, oh no, you're leaving me. Like, right. You're cheating. Well, <laughs> well, are you, maybe that's, um, if you're a newer professor as well, like that could be kind of like a sting to, uh, your, your ego as well. Like, is he leaving me? Cause I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, because there's been a lot of times. I'm not, I'm not filling his cup. There's been a lot of times where, you know, like I, like I've said this in previous episodes that like, you know, I'm new to teaching. Right. And I just want to make sure like the guys are appreciated. They, they like what I'm showing. Right. And sometimes I'm afraid to show stuff I'm not really good at, even though you have to. I've been told like, hey, you get, I know it's not your game, but you got to be able to teach it. So I try. I do. I do show the move, even though it's not something I typically would do. Right. Because I'm like, I only... When you first show, you only show stuff you know that works because right. the stuff that you do. You can't just teach math jujitsu. You have to teach all of jujitsu. And when you got some guy who's like a fourth, fifth degree black belt who's your professor, right? He knows everything. Right. He's got all the answers. So it's kind of like he and can he teach understand, He's been teaching for so long. He understands all the body types. And he can teach for, everything. Yeah. And so it's hard when you're just coming up and you're teaching, learning how your cadence and you're talking. It's like a, it's a stressful thing. So yeah, if you saw one of your students going to another school, right. you'd be like, man, am I just sucking? Right. Like, and then that could be an ego check again. Like we've been talking about all day, ego. So last week, um, <clears throat> Steve, uh, Professor Steve Bindel started teaching fundamentals at Dedicated on Thursdays. So I took his fundamentals class. And when he taught it, he's like, okay, we're going to learn, we're going to start chaining like variations of moves together. So we're going to learn the first two moves over the next coming weeks, we'll learn the next two, the next two, the next two, until you get to this whole chain, right? I was like, okay, cool. So he goes, he picks two people and he goes, you and you out here, you're in his close guard. Show me how you're going to get from close guard to arm bar. And he wanted us to walk through step by step and kind of like teach the rest of the class. So difficult. Like doing the move, just performing it silently, one thing. But like trying to explain why you're doing something. And then like you got to think like, like sometimes you just do something naturally. You know what I mean? Maybe you didn't feel that your knee pitched against the shoulder, but you always do that, and mm-hmm. it's for a reason. But now I've got to stop and think, like, oh, well, I'm pinching the knee with my. It it was it that little moment in time of me trying to explain why I'm doing something or how I'm doing something. I have so much respect for professors now, how they're able to break things down like systematically. That was the biggest problem for me. Holy shit! And especially as a bigger guy, a lot of my shit is just off power and smash and mm-hmm. muscle. And they're like, well, how'd you get your, I'm like, I just did, I'm like, what am I doing? Right. What am I doing? I gave my first private. I, I do do private lessons, by the way. Uh, I was given a, I gave my. It's going to come in handy, man. <laughs> I was given a private lesson and uh, I was like, oh, and I was just sweep the guy over and I'm like, look it. I forgot. I forgot a step. This is what I do. Right. Because I'm so used to doing it and not. Right. You know, so in real time. Like, and yeah, that's just part of it. Yeah. I, sometimes I see, um, um, Jason will, will do that. He'll, he'll show a move and he's really good at breaking stuff down and then he's he'll awesome wa- at breaking stuff down. He'll walk around and he'll notice that like maybe not just one group of people is getting stuck on a certain step. He'll see like three people and then he'll stop, bring us all back to the center and kind of course correct. Hey, I noticed you guys are all missing this step. Maybe I didn't explain it right, but this is what we're doing right here. And then we go back to mm. drilling it, and everybody finally gets it at that point. So he's good about recognizing it, and then yeah, growing from he that. He for sure is very yeah. good at that because I've watched him grow as a professor into talking, and I think teaching kids classes really helped him. Yeah, with like 
breaking it down. Yeah. Cause you got to break it the fuck down with the kids, dude. Right. You gotta be like blink three times. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got? Um, finding the balance for jujitsu as a family man with three kids. Like I've said, and I think I did a little clip on this at the beginning. Like I just gave a shout out to the parents with the kids yeah. because your jujitsu is going to come last. Yeah. Because your kids come first. So like I gave a shout out to all the moms and dads who were get it in when they can, but you, um, you know, you got to take Jimmy to soccer. You got to, you know, someone's right. got T-balls. Someone's got to pick make dinner. Someone's got doctor's appointment. It's hard to get it in because your kids, if you have them parents, you are, you know, you have parents to put your kids first. Right. Hopefully. Unless you're just nutting all over the place and just creating kids like an <laughs> NFL player just throwing jizz. Left. <laughs> but like most parents, their kids come first and that's important. So, you know, you just got to get it in. Yeah. And I felt like the best way to do that is those early morning classes. I was going to say that that's, um, I like the 6 a.m. thing. Um, every once in a while, I, I'll take a day off of work, whatever, and I'll go do a 6 a.m. class over at, at your guys' mm-hmm. gym or if, if Jason's teaching one. And I like the, the, the feeling I have for the rest of the day um, because I get to like go home shower i'm awake at this point like i'm wide awake there's no like i'm not in the process of waking up mm-hmm. like i'm usually do on my drive to work and my like i've already done the hardest part of my day you now know you I mean? just be cool dad right home. right no i don't the being strangled by a large man at 6 a.m is going to be the most difficult thing i do all day in regards to the rest of my day at that point so i i, I love that aspect um, we're going to train at nine. You're going to train at 9 PM, no 7 PM and then try to get it in at 9 PM. Yeah. Might not happen. No, you're exhausted. Train at 6 AM. Yeah. Get it in at 7 30 PM. If I didn't work so early game time and have a commute and whatnot, I would do six AMs regularly. Um, but yeah, I, I think as far as just you sometimes too, like, I don't know if you're, if you're just a dad of three or if you're married, Sometimes you got to sit down with your spouse and like work out a schedule and like mm-hmm. what works for what's going to work for me, what's going to work for the family, what's going to work for my work schedule. Um, you know what I mean? Like, what are her fitness goals? Are they the right. same? Because she's got to get her shit in. Right. 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 So it's kind of like, you know, uh, that's how you find balance communication with your significant other, communication with your babysitter. Right. And and then you can work on compromise at that point. Bigger academies. Okay. Here's a little. Bigger academies have more classes. Yeah. They have more time slots, more professors teach at that school. You're going to get more classes. Yeah. Weekends. Maybe, maybe you can't, um, you know, maybe you get one day during the weekend, but there's like, we were at, at your gym today and, um, they're doing a, like a Sunday, Sunday drillers class or something Mm -hmm. like that. And so it's like, they've got groups of people coming in. Sunday classes, I think is the gold mine. Yeah. Nobody has classes on Sundays. Right. And everybody's off on Sundays. Dude, and I saw like the schedule, like he had like a regimented routine of what they're going to be doing from this time to this time, this time to this time. He had water breaks in there and whatnot. I was like, damn, like that's a thorough class, you know? And yeah, so, that's what that paper was. Yeah. I don't read. I told you. Bro, it was two pages long. I told you I don't read. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. So, Rudy Rudiger made the team. Like, what are we doing here? I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I, if you're at a larger gym and whatnot, sometimes there, there's, uh, you know, there's people in the gym that aren't necessarily professors, but they've got a key. Maybe they want to go in there and do some, some rounds, some open mat kind of stuff or work on, 
a specific technique or, you know, Hey, let's work on, let's come in on a Saturday at like, you know, 11 and, and just work on takedowns for like an hour, you mm. know, stuff like that. So I think you've got more options. Get there. it in when you fit can, when you can fit it in Mario. That's all I can say. You think what I'm thinking, partner? Aim for the bushes. All right, guys. Have a good weekend. Have a good week. Um, again, thanks for all the support. Me and Kenny appreciate it. Um, podcast is growing. That's because of you. Follow us on every social media platform, Spotify, Amazon. Hear us on all that kind of stuff. Instagram, at Ost Nation, at underscore the Freak Party. My name is Mads Kenny. Catch you next time. Ost.